I was going to walk until another like two weeks. <laughs> so I'm walking, which is cool. Um, yeah, I had, like I said, I had reconstructed knee surgery. I had three tears, PCL, LCL, meniscus, and I had to get a donor tendon put in, which uh, is a, a, a tendon that's going to grow into my bone and muscle. Oh. And I have a screw in my knee. So it was, I, I, the, the doctor quote unquote told me, your knee's fucked up. And I... <laughs> And that was Michigan State's very own Bobby Nash. Bobby lives and grew up in Michigan to where he made his way through the rankings. He's now currently on a hiatus, I guess you want to say. Uh, he's on the injury reserve list. Blew his knee out, so he's got that fixed. And uh, he's going to be back, he assured me, in 2023. He was going to be back making his run at the UFC. Anyway... I apologize for not having an episode out, out sooner and for fucking around with words. My brain doesn't work all the way, and that is because I was in a car accident. Some woman decided that she wanted to run a stoplight, smash into me, and roll me into a ditch a few times. So with that being said, that's why I do not have these episodes out on time. I apologize. But you have no say in the matter. You don't get to do shit, just listen. So, on top of that, um, I do want to appreciate and thank you for listening. Um, clearly, I don't know what I'm saying right now. Still a little concussed. But either way, the episode's coming out. This is Bobby Nash. And have fun listening to Michigan's very own Bobby Nash. Alright. Yeah, I've never seen that number thing pop up before. Um, so anyway, let's just go ahead and start this thing. Um, I'm Rob Childs. This is a fighter story, and we are here with Bobby Nash, uh, one of Michigan's top MMA fighters, went to Michigan State alumni, former Division One college rational, uh, wrestler. Sorry, apparently my voice doesn't work right now. It's a very long day. So Bobby, thanks for coming on to the show. Welcome. And uh, how you doing, man? Well, good, Rob. Thank you for having me on, man. I'm excited to talk, you know, talk about some stuff. And just uh, been a while since I did an uh, interview, so I'm, I'm happy uh, to be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We were just talking okay. about uh, how we both kind of already knew um, at least one of the same people because it seems like yeah. Michigan MMA isn't too big. It, it seems like it's, it's slowly getting bigger. Um, but once you kind Without of know somebody in MMA or, you know, in Muay Thai, something like that, it's it's a small knit community. So uh, kind of walk us back through your your journey into how you get into MMA because you are from Michigan, correct? Like born, yes, right? I am originally from Michigan, okay. Roseville, Michigan, actually. So I'm an East Sider. Uh, yeah, so I'm originally from um, Michigan and uh, grew up in Roseville. Um, wrestled since I was five years old, all the way went to high school. Uh, in high school, I won a, a high school state title, so I was a pretty solid wrestler. Went on to do one year at a, uh, a small NAI school called Lindsey Wilson College and transferred out of there and did four years at Michigan State University. A lot of people didn't know my first year was actually at a, a NAIA school called Lindsey Wilson College. So I got to throw that out there. But then four years, I was at um, Michigan State. From there... Uh, as I was wrestling, I was doing jujitsu and some fights. I would fight uh, during the off season, and then after I was done wrestling in college, I still had like this urge to compete because I'm a competitor. You know, since I was five years old, I was wrestling. 
So I was like, hey, you know, I guess I'll dabble with this uh, whole MMA journey. And I had a lot of success. I went all the way to 8-1, went to the UFC, had my ups and downs there, and uh, things didn't go. Ended up getting released, went to XFC, and currently I'm on a four-fight win streak and all four first-round finishes. So right now, the career's going uh, really well, although I did just suffer a, a pretty bad knee injury. But um, all, all, all in all, uh, you'll see me in two point, 2023 once I'm all healed up. Nice. Yeah. it's. Uh, I was watching some of your fights on YouTube, and you're a savage, man. It's, it seems Thank like it's, it's part of that... Uh, that growing up in Michigan, you know, that whole Midwest work mentality of if your car's stuck in the driveway, you got to dig it out. And, you know, if your parents' car is stuck in the driveway and you're eight years old, you're out there digging them out. So it's, did you feel like that kind of like helped you get through uh, some of those early morning wrestling practices back in the day? I would, I would say so. You know, wrestling is a hard-nosed, tough sport. It's a blue-collar, tough sport. And, you know, I grew up um, with a dad who was in uh, blue-collar iron worker man, you know, worked with his hands, you know, I come from a blue-collar family, a big family, you know, we were always having big meals, you know, I, I was in a 1,200-square-foot house, and we had seven people in our house, you know what I'm saying, I was shacked up with my brothers, you know, I had to learn to be tough, you know, I was, um, and uh, I think my upbringing, seeing my parents work their ass off, work so hard, it instilled a work ethic in me. You know, it's and uh, you know, just growing up and wrestling since, like I said, since I was five years old, I was wrestling. So uh, it instilled a hard work ethic, and it translated very well into mixed martial arts. Yeah, and you were talking about you know, while you were uh, kind of going through your wrestling journey, you're at Michigan State and you're doing jujitsu. That's for me. I don't wrestle. Um, it's not something that I've ever taken a part of. It's a very strange sport to me. Um, I mean, I completely understand it, um, but doing yeah. jiu-jitsu and wrestling at the same time, I prefer to to uh, to play guard, you know, so right. in wrestling, that's like kind of counterintuitive. Did that, did those oh, two yeah. practices kind of coincide, go together, or did it hurt you at all? So, so grappling, I think, so I end up doing uh, jiu-jitsu later in my career, like more of my like junior year of college. So I was very brand new. I never did it in high school. So I was like 23 when I, 22 when I dabbled into jiu-jitsu. Um, but man, uh, yeah, dude, I, I loved it. Obviously with a wrestler, you like more of a cop game, you know, but um, I like, I there's so many benefits that you can learn from jiu-jitsu that you can take into wrestling, you know, like sweeping, you know, like you can get thrown to your back and boom, sweep someone at, as you get put to your back or, there's just a, uh, you know, grab what jujitsu, the way jujitsu trains, it's a little more, um, how do I put it, uh, flowing. And I think wrestling can learn from that, you know, you know, sometimes. But, you know, uh, uh, there's also that college style. That college style is we're going, we're in your face, boom, 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 relentless. So it, it was good balance to have both of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. It's, uh, now, you got into jiu-jitsu later in life. How exactly did you get into wrestling? Because I know in Michigan that that seems to be, like, a pretty common thing to get into pretty young, but that's not such, like, commonplace all over the country. Is that something you wanted right. to get into, or did your parents get you into it? Well, 
Um, so I was, like I said, five years old. So kind of it was really my parents kind of led me into the direction. So my brother, who's about uh, 11 years older than me, 11, 12 years older than me, he wrestled. And, you know, and then my parents were kind of like, oh, you'll wrestle and all my other brothers will wrestle. But they were never very like, you know, I was a very good athlete. Like I said, I won a high school state title. I wrestled every single weekend when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old. But they were never really like pushy. My parents were just like, oh, you like it? Yeah, cool, you know. And I just ended up having a lot of success. I like, I actually, I chose to wrestle. I enjoyed it. You know, my parents gave me the outlet, and then I kind of just ran with it. You know, mm-hmm. my parents. Like I said, I think a lot of times people think like, oh, he's this athlete. The parents probably were really pressured. But my parents weren't like that. My parents were pretty much just like. Just like, hey, we'll take you to practice and we'll take you to tournaments. There's no, you win, you lose, whatever. So, you know, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I do parents. Yeah, there's something that comes with wrestling that some people may not always pay attention to, but in my world of, uh, you know, dealing like with nutrition, how we were talking about, you know, like with Troy and getting down to 145 and just making weight in general, that comes with wrestling and you're, you're wrestling pretty young. So you had to start doing your weight cuts early on. Is that something that you had to learn yourself or how yes. do you go about that? And I did it completely wrong. I did it completely wrong. And a lot of wrestlers, cause they're young, man, we're not, we're not nutritionists. We're just like, okay, let's make weight. Let's bust their fucking ass. Let's, uh, uh, let's make weight. And that's, I had that like mentality to it, you know, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to cut this water and dehydrate myself and go through a 24 hour fast and then weigh in and wrestle an hour later. You know, I was wrestling 165. Like I was right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's just absolutely crazy the way I did it. Like I would literally, I remember, um, I wrestled 165 in college and, uh, I see there's a shift now. You don't see it much against these high level guys. They're really focusing on strength training, getting bigger, getting stronger. And if my son ever decides to wrestle, I'll, I'll, I'll implement that on him. But with me, it was, okay, I'm weighing 170 pounds. Uh, I weigh in three hours. Okay, let's lose five pounds and then wrestle Michigan or Indiana or wrestle the guy for me. So, you know, I'm losing, I'm literally working out very hard and then going and competing, <laughs> you know, which is just wild. You'll never see that in any other sport. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's common practice in wrestling, though, unfortunately. It's, it's like you see yeah, guys running yeah, stairs in like the wrestling room with uh, like trash bags on, you know, and like not eating yeah. for a couple of days and living off a spoonful, spoonfuls of peanut butter for a couple of days. Yeah, especially at a young age. Yeah. And that's the tough thing. We, uh, we weren't taught much nutrition. And I think that's a. Uh, you see the guys right now in the, Olymp- the Olympics Kyle Day, David Taylor, all these guys, they all got bigger. They all got stronger. They were all actually going up in a weight class. And I was like, huh, interesting what they're doing. They're actually getting bigger. They're getting stronger. I was trying to get smaller. And I understand getting smaller, you want to be competitive. You want to have an advantage right so i understand the getting smaller but i was doing it in a way where i shouldn't have like you know i'm I'm a welterweight i wrestled 165 i actually went up five pounds when i competed in mma because 165 was tough for me to make yeah you know but but if they ever gave a division in mma i'd do it yeah and unfortunately even like in the world of nutritionists like i can admit like i know a couple of them there's some shoddy people that they literally just want to try to take your money and, you know, like they'll give you like some starvation program or, 
you know, say that they got like this magic trick when in reality it's kind of calories in, calories out and, you know, plan ahead. There is a lot of like water weight and stuff, but like trying to get like that last 20 pounds or like those major weight cuts, like uh, you end up looking like Khabib, you know, and like not being able to do it. Um, Do you feel like there should be more weight classes? It seems like that's a pretty for, for, for what what's for for uh, for MMA. Sorry, yeah, for MMA. No, no, I don't think so. Um, well, I look at boxing. Okay, let's look at boxing. There's like I don't really know the weight classes, but there's like a 142, 147, 152, 163. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. But like 142 and 147. I mean, like there's a champion at 142 and a champion at 145. I just like, I don't, I think it makes it more competitive when there's a 55, 70, 85, 205. I think it, it, it condenses it a little more and makes it more competitive. Do you maybe see a little more weight cutting? Unfortunately, yes. But I just see, I just, I don't, like I said, I don't know the number amount of uh, 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 weight classes in boxing, but I know it's significantly more, Yeah. which I think can sometimes, you're not getting the best to compete with the best in boxing, you know? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, when it comes to boxing, it's so hard to keep up. There's so many different belts and weight classes, and you see guys holding like four, five, six belts all at once, and I, I just cannot honestly keep up with it. Um, but I want to get back into uh, kind of your transition from wrestling into MMA. So you, you have a pretty successful career at Michigan State, and you, you take a couple fights. How do you? Uh, how many amateur fights are you going through and kind of what's that like kind yeah. of going from wrestling to just strict MMA practice and everything? Yeah. So I had a lot of amateur fights, man. So I was wrestling in college and when you're wrestling in college, you can't go pro, right? Cause it's called, you're losing your amateurism. You cannot go pro and then go finish your wrestling season. So I'm like, okay, I'll just keep going, uh, keep on um, fighting after I was 14 and 0. And I fought, like, a lot of guys who are really tough. I fought Corey Puppy as an amateur, who's now a pro. I fought Willis Black who um, as an amateur, who's now a pro. And a number of guys. Of my 14 fights, like, seven or eight are, like, professional fighters now. So um, I went 14 and I had a lot of success. I uh, wasn't much of a striker or anything, but uh, there was no question I was working harder than those guys because I was just in a college wrestling room with just absolute hammers, just working out, training. And I would go out there and just get these guys in deep water. Nothing very fancy when I was in amateur. I'd take you down and I'd drown you and I'd choke you out or beat you, you know, every time. So, yeah, I had a pretty good successful successful uh, reign as an amateur. Went pro and, you know, started having to develop the hands. I developed them a little later in the career because, you know, but uh, now, dude, my hands are badass. They're lethal now. I hit hard. I knock people out. I'm getting faster. And I'm making the next evolution of the mixed martial arts journey, in my opinion. That's what I. That's kind of what I see in my career. I see an, another evolution I'm making, and I'm absolutely falling in love with boxing and striking. Yeah, there's definitely levels to it, you know, and and uh, it almost seems like there's certain days just in practice to where you hit that next level and things just run smoother, and and you can tell, you know, like the problems you used to have, you don't have anymore. 
so are you taking that striking are you doing it like every day are you are you in the gym every day working on the striking or is that kind of what's your workout routine like so so my workout routine well right now right now i'll tell you my workout routine for camps but right now what i'm focusing mainly on is strength and conditioning and rehab i'm with chris down at phoenix athletics the, the dude's amazing dude he's awesome he's uh, rehabbing my knee but the thing is, when you have a knee injury, you think, oh, we have, we have. No, we're getting better, dude. We're focusing on speed. We're focusing on agility. We're getting stronger. We're getting our hand-eye coordination still really, really good. You know, I want to go in nine months when I go back to sparring. I want to go and I physically want, I actually want to be better. You know, I had reconstructed knee surgery. I'm doctoring this up. But when I go in the sparring, I want to be better. Like, I don't, I'm not taking, making an excuse. Like, I'm not using my leg, but there's other elements of the game I can use. So I'm focusing on that. So I'm with Chris Bowen right now at Phoenix Athletics, working on rehab, strength and conditioning, all that. So a lot of what I do is strength and conditioning. Um, I do do a lot of boxing with Kara Rowe. I would say that's most of my uh, training is boxing. And then um, I work with Darren Crookshank on striking. And I go to Michigan Top Team. We have wrestling and grappling days. We do that. And I do wrestle and grapple. Uh, but I would say most of my training is strength and conditioning and boxing. Yeah. It would be most of it, but I do it all. You know, you got it. You got to do it all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's one area that, that I tend, I, I don't tend, Jesus Christ, my brain is fried. Um, that I know this is going to sound a little weird. Um, but that's pretty normal for my listeners for, uh, for us as men, it seems like we focus so much on the physicality of the sport, the physicality of like just our world, but we don't really focus on the mental aspect of it and kind of going through an injury that that can fuck with you. That can literally make oh, yeah. you feel like your world is over. Everything that you had lined up is no longer there. You don't have that one domino to push everything over. Um and then it can also you can't fight without having the mindset of of a winner you just you cannot go into that cage onto that mat or even into practice thinking that you're gonna have a bad day you're gonna have a bad fight is there anything that you're doing or that you have done you know during your rehab to to kind of focus on the mental muscle because that is a huge part of everything dude mental the mental game is huge in MMA. And, uh, you know, I was on a four fight win streak. I had a lot of good things going on. Um, you know, Sean Shelby was calling me, you know, good things were happening. And then this happened. So I have all this momentum and then bam, blow out my knee. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm down in the dumps, but I tell you what, man, this injury, what it has done for me mentally, like in, in a sense of like, how do I put it? Like, I believe I am capable of like great things in this sport. Like I know I am. And I'm just like, I'm reiterating it in my head because what can I do? I have to train what I can, right? I can't, I can't run. I can't hit squats. I can't spar. I can't do that. So my mental training has went to another level and I'm actually really excited next year when I fight. Although the injury is something that, that bums me out. Um, this has taught me how to be resilient, how to be mentally strong, you know, how to be, you know, there's a lot of, you try to turn a negative into a positive. This is a negative and I'm turning it into a positive. 
I meet, I met Chris Down, who's my strength and conditioning coach, and we're, our goal and my goal is to get better. Get better with an injury. And that's mental tough. That's just mental resilience and mental toughness. It's because a lot of people are like, oh, I, I, I got injured. I'm just going to sit around and nine months I'll get back in the gym. and then go. No, I'm getting better. I'm getting better with an injury. And I will stay like that. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing the injury has. Yes, definitely mentally is put me in a, uh, like I said, I was in a slump, but I'm just getting myself out of it. I'm being yeah. resilient. Yeah. You Do know? you feel like it, it affected your, I mean, obviously, you know, like it affects your mental, um, but like your personal life and everything around it. It's, I know just for me, I've seen people kind of come and go through my life like everybody else does, but you're you're a little bit different to where you are a pro fighter. You do have people calling you up, you know, like wanting tickets, want handouts for this, that, the other, mm-hmm. uh, you have like your family that you got to take care of, you know, like, um, right. you know, like your wife was just not a girlfriend, um, whoever. And, uh, yeah. So how, how is it affecting life outside of MMA with your mental aspect? And like, do you have any children right now? That's kind of a, yeah, I have for you. A four-year-old? Yes, okay. I, have a four, I have a four-year-old son, so you can imagine having an injury like this, and I'm, you know, I'm a very get up, go, get stuff done. That's kind of how I am. Get in the house, do this, do this. So, you know, for two weeks, my wife's taking care of me, and she's taking care of me, she's working, she's taking care of her son, she's doing all this, and yeah, it was tough, man. I'm like, you know, and I'm the... But, but I was like, okay, I need, I need to do something. I need, I ha- now with the injury, I have a goal. Is, is that's, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, okay, oh, this is the timeline. I'm beating that. Oh, this is the time I'm beating that. I'm going to, I'm going to kill this rehab. I'm going to, you know, so like, that's kind of what's kept me like able to keep going. Because like, if I'm just like sitting on my ass, I'm like, oh, poor me, you know, it would put me down in the dumps. And I was like that for a second. Yeah. You know, I was all like, oh man, you know, this sucks. My wife's got to do everything for me. I can't do anything. Then I'm like, you know what? No, I'm gonna conquer this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna crush it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat timelines. I'm gonna, you know, and I'm gonna come back stronger. Everything. And uh, yeah, so I'm walking. They didn't think uh, I was gonna walk until another like two weeks. <laughs> so I'm walking, which is cool. Um, yeah, I had, like I said, I had reconstructed knee surgery. I had three tears: PCL, LCL meniscus and i had to get a donor tendon put in which uh is a a a tendon that's going to grow into my bone and muscle and i have a screw in my knee so it was uh, the the doctor quote unquote told me your knee's fucked up (laughs) and i actually walked into surgery and he was like i just want to let you know most people don't walk into surgery with your type of injury i thought really i'm like because when it happened, I was in excruciating pain for like two, three days. I couldn't walk, but I think my body, my hamstrings and quads compensated for it. And eventually I was able to walk. But I mean, it was excruciating when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like with reconstructive knee surgeries. Do you feel like you're going to be able to come back without having that, again, that mental fear? You know, because once you've been knocked out once, you, you have that fear of it mm-hmm. happening again. Um, or, right. you know, like, it's, do you, are, do you have a way of getting over that so far? Cause you're, you're in the thick yeah, of it right now. Yes. So, you know, if you look at my UFC career, I got knocked out like three times and then I went on to knock out four guys in a row. If that doesn't say resilience right there, you know, 
I was yeah. never gun shy. My first fight, I got I got knocked out, and I was like, "Fuck it, let's go." I'm still banging, you know. <laughs> I did again and again, you know. So I mean that, and then I went out there and boom, 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 put four guys away with my hands. Now, what about my knee? Anyone, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, what are they gonna do? They're gonna attack the knee, right?" You, you think that, right? So I have a game plan for that. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna say, "You want to attack my knee? That's fine. I'm going to I'm gonna implement a game for that." Okay, you want to check my knee? I'm going to check you. So one thing's going to happen. You're either, one, going to break your shin on my knee. Or as soon as you land it, I'm going to knock you out cold. You will not get away with hitting my leg scotch-free. There will be consequences. So that's the mentality I have. Because, you know, I can't be like, oh, I got a baby. Because I'm, I'm going in in a professional fight. And someone who's trying to harm me and someone's trying to harm I'm trying to harm them. So I got to have, I got to put on this different mindset. So I got to know they're going to attack it. So I'm going to be like, go for it. You go for it. You go for it. I'm going for you. Hit me. As soon as you throw that leg, I'm squatting in on it and I'm KOing you or I'm checking and breaking your, your shit. That's, that's the mindset I have with it. Yeah. You know? And you have to have that mindset for sure. Yeah, do you have, little. do you have a, uh, a time frame of kind of when you can get back into the cage? So the the doctor was telling I'm on week I'm on week through just over week three right now with surgery, and uh, my doctor surgeon told me it's going to take me a year to completely be healed healthy, uh, six months before I can go in the gym. Obviously, light activity, but my goal would be next summer. That's my goal. Okay. All right. You know, so that would be just over a year. Yeah. So we're in June. So like. June, July, August would be my goal right now. I, you know, and I'm healing really fast. I'm actually really surprised. My body heals fast. I, I was, uh, I came in to surgery in relatively good shape, and I actually tried to get in better shape before I went to surgery because I wanted to do prehab, I guess you would call it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm really proud of how my body's responding to this. I was in excruciating pain for quite a while, but it's responding very well. Yeah, have you tried uh, like using BPC one five seven or any anything like that? I don't know that? what that is. So I don't know what it is. Uh, BPC one five seven is a body protecting compound. It's a gastric peptide that our body makes, and um, okay. there's a lot of companies that have been able to synthesize it, and other um, like quite a few countries they actually prescribe it for after surgery rehabs. And you can get it in these little like uh, patches. They look like nicotine patches, essentially. And it goes on and it pre it protects your body, um, kind of like rebuilds tendon tears um, really? and helps you um, kind of recover from surgery. It's just our country. Um, we don't prescribe it or anything. You can buy it legally over the counter. You know, you can get it online. Um, it's just doctors don't really prescribe it because there's not a way to... Uh, what is it? It's a BPC one five seven. Um, That's interesting, and I would definitely yeah. want to know more about that because yeah. anything that will speed my recovery, I'm all about. Yeah, for sure. You gotta just okay. look it up. Um, I can send you some stuff after this. But yeah, it's they Please can't. Um, yeah. You can't patent it. That's what it is. So any compound <laughs> that our body makes naturally, we can't really patent it, and so they don't have a way of patenting this this compound, and so. Yeah, so there's not a huge market for it. And it's only like 30, 40 bucks. And, you know, like there's literally no side effects. 
um usada is perfectly fine with it you know like everything's good with it and it helps i've torn uh my labrum just a couple times up here um and then you know some random hip and knee injuries and uh those things they they're wonders so i definitely want to have you look into those things you put it like on the injury no yeah yeah you can yeah you can put it on the injury but it's systemic so what i do is i actually just kind of put one you know like right up here and it's just like this little square and uh, i thought i had them right around here but i don't but um yeah they're really convenient i love them um you can do that or like stem cells um i know here in michigan yeah. there's a couple places on the east coast of the state that does uh like a stem cell type thing for post surgeries to where you can go in and do um like a lotion type thing and they'll do like a local you know type thing or you can do a cryo so, through like companies like restore so, yeah. been, things like that i've been doing a ton i've been doing a ton of ice but like stem cells and stuff isn't that like extremely expensive and like yeah, well, yeah, it can be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish I could do it. I just don't know if I can afford it. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, it it is. I mean, there's obviously you know millions of ways of doing it, but yeah, stem cells can get extremely expensive. It just it well, it sucks that the stuff that actually works is like right outside the realm of possibility yeah, for a lot of us. I guess you can always like. Uh, uh, I've been eating like pho and stuff. It has like a bunch of tendons and cartilage. So I've been trying to eat that. I've been trying to eat like, and I eat like chicken and I like usually like all the like tendons and like all the, like what I thought was gross part, I'm like eating it now. And I don't know if it's going to help it or not, but like to me, it's just the placebo effect. So it works, you know? Yeah. So like I get chicken or like something, like I get like a T-bone and I'm like just gnawing on it. I'm like I'm getting all the bone marrow and I'm getting all, all the fat. I, just, I clean them. I clean my chicken bones and everything clean now. Try to get all, I, cause I just want to like, Hey, why not? I have messed up tendons. Why not eat those tendons? You know? Yeah, no, there is some reality to that, especially like with the bone marrow and things. Uh, bone marrow has a lot of uh, nutritional benefits for you, so definitely keep doing that. Okay, we'll <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, I think I've uh, taken up quite a bit of your time. I know you got you got a four-year-old and a wife, and uh, right. you got some rehab to do in your knee, so I can go ahead and get you out of here. Um do you want to kind of let all the listeners know where they can find you online, kind of show you some love and support and kind of, if you have anything coming up in the future. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, B Nashty 170 and Twitter, E underscore Nashty. Yeah. Just B underscore Nashty. So Instagram, Twitter. And um, yeah, I just want to thank Michigan top team, Chris Don Phoenix athletics. And I want to thank you for having me on today, man. I enjoyed talking to you. Uh, no, I appreciate that, dude. I've had a lot of fun with you as well. And uh, hopefully I can see you coming up here next summer on a fight. Um, are you going to stick yeah. with the uh, the XFC or do you have any plans for that? No. So um, I think XFC went under, man. Yeah. So yeah. no, I'm not going to stick with XFC. My plan actually, and this is this will be for another time, but uh, I actually had a fight with Sean, uh, uh, the UFC and then um, my knee and that happened. So I'm going to hit up Sean Shelby and hopefully get a fight. We'll see. That's that's the goal of the fight for the UFC. Uh, but um, wherever, man, wherever. I want to, you know, we'll see. By next summer, there's no definite 100% answer, but, you know, the UFC is the goal. I, I truly believe I can have my next fight there. 
Um, I have Sean Shelby, who's the matchmaker for the UFC. I yeah. have his direct line. So I'm going to contact him. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm healthy. Let's go. Sign it to him. You know, so. Yeah, for sure. We'll yeah. see. But, they seem to love those summer. guys that are on their ass about they want to fight, you know, so it's definitely yeah. definitely yeah. a good call. So all right, man. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it's been a uh, a pleasure talking to you. I'm sure I'll see you around here in the gyms of Michigan and uh go ahead and get you out of here and get you back to your family. Awesome, man. Thanks, Rob. All right, thank you. All right, got another episode recorded. Another episode is done in the books, published. You listen to it. Pulse cycle's complete. And now I can go back to resting, making sure that my head gets better because I still have the concussion that I had at the beginning of this episode. It, it I still have it. So it's not like it went away or anything like that. So I need to go take care of that. I do want to thank you guys for listening to the show. The show's been amazing it's been a therapy for me and it has also been an extremely fun hobby hopefully you're getting something out of it since you continue to listen and i do have some larger guests coming up in the future i'm figuring some shit out so just gonna try to break into that next tier um and see what we can do with it once we get there but that is it for today's show um Hope everybody enjoys your week. Go out there and kill it. Get ready for the 4th of July weekend. It's coming up not too far away. Make sure you drink and drive safely by not drinking and driving and by getting an Uber or... Why the fuck am I talking about 4th of July and drinking? All right, so that's it. I'm done. Don't drink and drive, folks.